With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your AEW Dynamite review for Wednesday, August. August. I don't even know what month it is. September. September 2nd, 2020. I am the Solo Monster. Been doing so many streams, I don't even know what month it is. I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. I hope you guys are having a fantastic night. Thank you for making me your destination here on this Wednesday. Before we get into all the Dynamite stuff, before we talk about All Out, uh, unfortunately, there is some bad news to uh, to get into here. And I, I just sort of lumped all of this together. None of this, by the way, has anything to do with AEW, but this is all kind of breaking uh, in the last few hours, I've seen a lot of just really shitty stories, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I saw that Tom Seaver passed away. Tom Terrific. Probably the greatest of all time to wear a New York Mets uniform. 75 years old, he passed away. He had been suffering from uh, Louis body dementia, which I believe is what Robin Williams had. Uh, and also COVID. So he had dementia, he had COVID-19, and that's a horrible combination and so I was very sad to hear of uh, of his passing. Uh, but also Casey Michael. Casey Michael passed away. Casey Michael is a name that you may not know. Uh, if you don't, he was the owner of the website SquaredCircleSirens.com, which is devoted pretty much exclusively to women's wrestling, women's wrestling news, interviews, uh, been around for a number of years. And uh, he was the one who ran that website. I've cited him a few times on the sound off over the years. Uh, he's had some scoops. He's had some breaking, you know, breaking news that he'll put out there. Uh, so I've mentioned his name before. 26 years old. Uh, he had some pretty serious health issues recently. I know that. And uh, 26. I mean, that's just uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, he befriended a lot of people. You know, as far as like how how did he make his connections? I mean, he was a huge fan of women's wrestling. You know, a big part of why women's wrestling has been uh, able to blow up in the way it has. You can trace part of that, frankly, to his coverage of women's wrestling online. Huge women's wrestling fan, always bringing attention to it, and that's how he kind of got an in. Uh, he was able to befriend a lot of wrestlers and and women's wrestlers who otherwise would not have been known. You know, they would do a an interview with them, or he would spotlight them. So he was friendly with a lot of people, which is why on Twitter you're going to see a lot of messages and a lot of condolences. And you you might be wondering, you know, maybe you weren't familiar with who he is, uh, but you should look him up because he was indeed the biggest women's wrestling fan that you will find. And it's it's you know it's hard to believe that in the same year, Larry Zonka from Four One One Mania, Casey Michael. It's terrible. In the span of a few months, it's awful. Jim Valley is another name that uh, some of you may be familiar with. He has done a lot of shows with Dave Meltzer on the Observer site. Uh, he is in the ICU. He is in the ICU. Nothing to do with COVID, but uh, apparently he had some kind of autoimmune disease, and he recently had a flare-up. 
didn't realize until recently that he also had pneumonia. And so now he is in the hospital. He is in ICU being treated. Hopefully he can pull through. So I wanted to just say all the best to uh, Jim and his family. And as if all that wasn't horrible enough, I saw the news that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and his wife, Lauren, and I guess his two youngest children have all been diagnosed with COVID. But man, it was like one horrible thing after another. I'm, I'm trying to get ready for the show tonight, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> what's going on here? I mean, this, this year has been a, a shit year to begin with for a lot of different reasons, but uh, awful. Awful. But especially the news about Casey, that was terrible. Uh, AEW. Excalibur was back in the booth tonight. I mentioned it on the NXT stream last night that he was expected to be back at the announced position. He was gone for about a month. Of course, it all happened around that time that the clip resurfaced. I mean, it's always been online. It's been online for 15 years, but it was a clip from his independent wrestling days of him using the N-word, using a racial slur uh, in the midst of a heel promo many, many years ago, something he and Kevin Owens both had apologized for a number of times. And somebody was trying to stir up trouble. And I think as the story goes, he was not suspended. They didn't take him off TV. It was his decision. He didn't want to be a distraction. He said, you know what? I'm going to step away. I'm going to be off TV for a little while. And people didn't know, is he going to come back? Are they going to want to go in a different direction? Because the team of Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Taz, they work really well together. And I would not have at all minded if they wanted to continue on with that team. But Excalibur is good, too. And it would have been shitty for him to lose his spot because of something like that. So he was back tonight. They didn't address the real reason behind it. All they said was that he had taken an extended siesta. I guess that's what they're calling it. It was an extended siesta for Excalibur. But uh, he was back in the booth tonight. And the show opened... With best friends against Santana and Ortiz. This is after what happened to Trent's mom's minivan a number of weeks ago. Mama Trent, right? Sue. Is that her name? This reminded me of last night's opener on NXT. Yeah, I thought the, the opener last night was a street fight. And this wasn't a street fight, but it was all action. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, never boring. I thought it was a fun match. Uh, best friends jumped Santana and Ortiz as they entered, made their entrance. The uh, two teams brawled all over the ringside area. Chuck Taylor got launched off the stage uh, onto a pile of chairs, and that looked like it sucked. That took him out of the equation for a few minutes. He was face first, flat on the floor, and poor Trent was left all by himself. I half expected his mother to come out. I thought maybe this was like a big baby face spot where Mama Trent was going to come out. You know, Chuck's been taken out. And uh, this woman's going to give Judy Bagwell a run for her money and she's going to reach for the hot tag. But then as Trent reaches in, she pulls away. Mama Trent turns on her son, aligns with Santana and Ortiz, holds up the flag. That would have been funny. We don't need to see her as a recurring character on TV, but that would have been funny. So Trent hits a bicycle knee strike to Santana. Heads down out to the apron. He's getting ready to hit another move. Ortiz grabs his leg. Santana shoulder checks Trent off the apron. And he goes tumbling backwards onto the ring steps. The ring steps had been positioned. They were flat. And he landed back first right on top of the ring steps. And Santana and Ortiz uh, take him into the ring. Trent fights back, though. 
He manages to fight back. He hits the crunchy, where he just kind of slammed Ortiz down on top of his head. He planted him. And then there was a botch. There was a botch. Uh, Referee Bryce Remsburg, after the crunchy spot, went to go count the fall. The idea was that Santana was outside the ring. And he would reach in. He would put Ortiz's hand, I guess, on the bottom rope and break up the fall. I'm not entirely sure who's to blame here, if it's more the referee, if it's more Santana for being late on the spot. Maybe they both share some responsibility here. So I don't want to lay the blame just on one person because I don't know that that would be fair. But it looked bad. It looked bad. I mean, he clearly, the referee clearly counted three. And actually, if you're the referee and you see, you know, that he's going to be late, maybe there are ways for you to hold up or... You see he's about to do something, so you stop the count. You go, don't you do that. Like, I would imagine there are ways that if you're a referee, you know, you think on your feet and try to figure it out. But he just counted the three, and he saw Santana blatantly put Ortiz's uh, hand on the ring rope after he had already counted the three. But the match continued. The match went on anyway, so that, uh, that did not look good. So Santana's outside the ring, and he retrieves a retractable baton from underneath the ring. And when Trent hits the ropes, he whacks him in the back with it, and that sets up the street sweeper, and Santana and Ortiz get what kind of feels like a a bit of a rare win for them on TV. I'd like to see them rack up some more wins. So they pick up the win. Again, I thought it was a fun opener. I thought it was a fun opening contest. The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks and the Jurassic Express teamed up tonight to take on SCU and private party. Now, the stipulation here is that the winning teams would meet one another one-on-one, or I guess two-on-two, Saturday at the pay-per-view. And I said coming into this, I said on the podcast this weekend, it ain't going to be SCU against private party at All Out, and the Young Bucks are going to have no match, right? They already have no Cody on the show. You're not going to have an All Out pay-per-view without the Bucks. And frankly, you're not going to have an all-out pay-per-view without Jurassic Express because they're a popular team. So it seemed pretty obvious how this was going to go. Uh, early in the match, there was a planted fan in the front row. Planted because they're not allowing fans at ringside. So obviously it was a planted fan. They did have fans in the building again. Uh, same rules as last week. Up in the uh, in the upper section. So at least we had some fan noise. Uh, actually, a lot of fan noise. A lot of fan noise. A very enthusiastic crowd. But uh, this fan had a beer in his hand. And he had a sign in the other hand that said, Hangman, drink my beer. And Matt Jackson saw this. Matt Jackson saw the sign. He, he flipped out. He grabbed the sign. He tore it up. He yanked the beer out of the guy's hand. He poured it on his head. What a dick. So SCU and Private Party, they had the advantage for a while. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus was in there with Private Party. I feel like people are uh, kind of forgetting a little bit because Luchasaurus has not really been featured in a prominent role recently. And so it's easy to forget how athletic and how good the guy really is. And, And before all the pandemic stuff happened, how over he was in front of these live crowds. There were people... Six months ago, eight months ago, who were saying, you know, with the reactions he was getting and everything, saying Luchasaurus should be world champion within six months. That has not happened. I still think at some point it might. I don't know if he'll still have the mask on at that point. I don't know. 
Luchasaurus with that gimmick and the mask on as the world heavyweight champion, that, eh, I don't know about that. Maybe as he evolves over time. Even the dinosaurs had to evolve. The dinosaurs would have evolved even more if they weren't all wiped out. But uh, he reminds people every now and then how good he really is. So he was in the ring with Private Party. And they hit a double drop kick. Big guy goes down. But he immediately kips up. Then he does a back handspring. Pops himself back up. Clotheslines both members of Private Party down to the mat. Immediately jumps over the top rope and does a moonsault, a standing moonsault, off the apron down onto SCU. This was almost like one fluid motion. Very impressive. Very impressive. The big guy can move. So back inside, we had a double choke slam to Marquen and Isaiah Cassidy. Both guys taken down. Stereo risky business by the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. Matt Jackson goes for the super kick to Isaiah Cassidy. Cassidy dodges, but Jungle Boy takes him out. Takes his, I mean, he took his head off. It's not often that you say Jungle Boy took someone's head off, but in this case, he did. In this case, he took this guy's head off. SCU takes down Jungle Boy. Cassidy hits the uh, Centon Atomico to Jungle Boy. Got a 2.99999 count. <laughs> this was the closest count you've ever seen in your life, but he kicked out. Jungle Boy kicked out. Uh, there was some friendly fire by Matt Jackson to Jungle Boy. Mark Quinn with the gigantic shooting star press down onto Jungle Boy. Has him beat. Luchasaurus makes the save. Luchasaurus goes to chokeslam Mark Quinn. And Matt Jackson blind tags himself in. So Luchasaurus has things well in hand. But he blind tags himself in, does Matt Jackson. Like I said, he was a dick. He was being a dick in this match. Obviously, still very upset over what happened with uh, the Hangman last week. Matt and Nick catch Mark Quinn with the BTE trigger and pick up the win. This was the predictable outcome. You know, again, Young Bucks will take on Jurassic Express on Saturday night. And I guess it makes sense, you know, that he would show that kind of aggression and that he would blind tag himself in. And there was a, not animosity, but, you know, there was a little bit of friction there. Like, even just kind of low-key. And that plays into the match they're going to have now with the pay-per-view. So I thought the match was—I uh, thought the match was good. And Luchasaurus was very impressive here, very impressive showing for the big guy. Tony Schiavone was in the ring for a very special interview with one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions, Kenny Omega, who was wearing a Hanakamura tribute shirt. That shirt, I believe, is up. They said pro wrestling tees. I want—I I think it's pro wrestling tees. Uh, and actually. There is a sale going on, so if you want to pick up a whole bunch of shirts, that could be one you might want to pick up in the next few days. Uh, They said all of the proceeds from the sale of that shirt, I believe, go to Hana's mother. Shivani asked Omega what he thought about the actions of his partner. What did he think about what Hangman Page uh, did last week? You know, when, uh, or was it last week or the week before, when uh, he cost the young bucks in the gauntlet? which ultimately led to FTR winning, and they're now going to go on to All Out. What did he think? Kenny Omega said that everybody makes mistakes, and Hangman got taken in by FTR, and that's a mistake. You know, that's something he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. FTR comes out with Tully Blanchard. They have their cooler, but they say they know Kenny. So they don't have beer for Kenny. They have chocolate milk. 
And they hand him chocolate milk, and Kenny's got a big smile on his face, and Omega says the last thing he would want to do is hang out with two dickheads. The only reason I know he said this is because I was trying to read lips. Because the censor had a very busy night entirely in this segment. The censor was uh, responsible for trying to block out all of the coarse language in this segment. He got about 3% of it, 97% slipped through. I don't know, maybe he was asleep at the wheel. This used to happen all the time in WWE on Monday Night Raw. Back in the day when all you would hear were cuss words in every segment, every opening segment. I can't tell you how many times on USA Network that censor would try to bleep something. I almost, I really think that they were intentionally missing it. Like they wanted the language to come through, but they had to feel like, okay, for the for the FCC or whatever. I'm not even sure if the FCC has anything to do with the cable networks, but... Let's give the appearance that we're at least trying. But like every time Austin or someone would say something, you know, like you got 15,000 people calling you an asshole and he would say it and then it would get bleeped. And I always used to laugh. That's basically what happened here. So the censors, uh, they got part of it, but uh, that was about all they got here in this segment. Hangman came out. He was not looking good. He was looking like he had been uh, sleep deprived. He had bags under his eyes. He looked like Undertaker when he debuted back in 1990. Looked like he hadn't gotten sleep in about six days. He was all up in FTR's face, and FTR's telling Paige, you know, tell Omega, tell Kenny that uh, it wasn't us. You know, it wasn't us. We're not the ones who, who got to you. We're not the ones who told you to go do it. That was you. That was you, Hangman. You made that call. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with Cash. And... Basically putting it all on Hangman. You know, first they were acting like his best friend a few weeks ago, and now they completely just abandoned the guy because they were stringing him along. That was the story. They strung this guy along. They they had him like a puppet by the strings this whole time. And now they're saying, you have nobody to blame for this but yourself. And FTR, it was a big stare down here. This is also where, uh, where the censor had a... A very unfortunate night. Because here, we had Dax Harwood was doing pretty much all the talking, right? So Dax Dax is the main talker in FTR. Cash does some of the talking, but really it's Dax. Dax is like the, the main talker here. And he's saying, you know, Kenny, you've known Hangman for a few years, but I've known Hangman his whole career. And I'm thinking to myself, from where? Maybe he has. Maybe Maybe they know each other a long time, but where would they know each other from? Did they come up together? Maybe they did. Maybe they came up in wrestling school together. But he called Hangman an insecure little boy. And he said that, explain to Kenny Omega, you don't have to explain anything to us. Explain to Kenny Omega uh, how big of a piece of shit you are. And then the censor missed it. Then Cash Wheeler basically repeated the line and said, yeah, tell Kenny how much of a piece of shit you are. The censor missed it again. This poor bastard. Probably uh, was eating eating dinner or something at the controls, thinking he was going to have an easy night. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 in one rapid succession, you have all these cuss words, and this guy's fumbling around. He's got his, you know, burrito, whatever. He's getting juice and cheese and shit all over the controls. We've all been there, right? We've all had experiences like that. So now Hangman and Kenny are kind of bickering amongst each other. FTR takes the tag belts, and 
Hangman goes over and says, give them to me. These are our belts. Hand them over. And Cash looks at Dax, and Dax looks at Cash, and they hold the belts out, and Hangman goes to grab it, and they drop them at his feet, and they bail. And Hangman picks the belts up, and he grabs one of them, and he kind of holds it behind him for Kenny to grab. But Kenny's not there. He turns around, and Kenny Omega is standing outside the ring, looking into the ring at Hangman, just shaking his head in disappointment. And so yet again, Hangman is left all by himself. This poor guy has been left to feel so isolated from the rest of the world. The Bucks want nothing to do with him. Kenny Omega, his own partner, seems disappointed in him. FTR fucked him over and strung him along. He is a man on an island unto himself. This whole segment was all about storytelling, headed into the pay-per-view on Saturday. And this is a story that they've been dragging out and playing out on television now for a number of weeks. I think it's it's good storytelling here. I, I like this. And there's going to be a lot of people wondering, you know, who turns on who? Maybe nobody turns on the other person. Maybe it ends up being just a straight wrestling match, a great wrestling match. They want you to think something's going to happen, but nothing's going to happen. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. FTR is going to walk out the new tag team champions on Saturday night. That sets up the program with the Bucks that they have been talking about for feels like five years now. We know that's where this is ultimately headed, which is why I think the Bucks are going to go over on uh, Jurassic Express this weekend because that sets them up nicely to kind of move on up in the rankings. I don't know where they are in the rankings right now, if they're number one, number two, number three, uh, but a win this weekend will help their cause. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is, you know, Hangman and Omega have been champions now for a long time. They've been tag team champions for a number of months. Uh, We've all been waiting for the split to happen. We're just about there. I think Kenny Omega is the one. If anyone's going heel here, it's not Hangman Page. It's Kenny Omega. Hangman Page is the one who really is the victim in all this. The way Kenny Omega's been talking, the way Kenny Omega's been acting, maybe it doesn't happen on Saturday, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's coming. Kenny's the one who's turning. It just said, it writes itself. The story writes itself, right? FTR goes off to feud with the Bucks. Kenny is the one who ends up going heel when this whole time they were kind of making it seem like it would be Hangman. That will, in the next few months, set Kenny Omega up for the inevitable rematch with John Moxley from a year ago at Full Gear. That non-sanctioned match that Moxley won. And one year later, they come back together, but this time Moxley is the champion. You know, the babyface champion. And Kenny Omega is is the prick. Kenny Omega is the heel. And Omega gets his win back, but it's a big win because he beats Moxley to win the championship. And now with Kenny Omega as the champion, and maybe we get a little bit of the cleaner back. We haven't really seen the cleaner version of Kenny Omega on AEW TV. You've still got Hangman Page. And the ultimate match that you build up to is Kenny Omega against Hangman Page for the championship. I like that story. I like that story. You just got to be patient. You got to, you know, let it play out. But I, I think that's the direction to go in. I do think that's the direction to go in. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was on the show tonight for a tune-up match before his Mimosa Mayhem match with Orange Cassidy this weekend. He had a match here with Joey Janela, the Demo God. You know, if these reports are true that NXT could potentially be moving nights soon, and nothing is confirmed, but 
if NXT was to move nights, and I think Tuesday would be a good night for it. I mean, all the Impact fans would disagree. But I think Tuesday would be a good night if they were going to move. Can you imagine if they do that? If, a, if, if NXT moves to another night, whether it's Thursday, whether it's Tuesday, whatever it is, Chris Jericho is going to have a field day. <laughs> he is going to get so many people angry at him, which is why he says the things he says. He, he's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. Well, he's, he's stupid sometimes, but he is going to have a field day if uh, NXT retreats to a different night. He's going to plant his flag in the ground that he's going to claim he's going to claim victory. The uh, fans in attendance sang the lyrics to Judas. That will never get old. After five months of no uh, audiences, that will never get old. Music to my ears. Jericho had invited Orange Cassidy to come on down to the ring and observe his match. And so Orange Cassidy took him up on the offer and he came out of the crowd and he took a seat at ringside to watch. And Jericho was wearing a, a sleeveless shirt with Orange Cassidy's face on it. Jericho... This was basically a squash. Joey Janela's job here was to make Chris Jericho look good. This is a tune-up match. So Jericho basically squashed him, hit the code breaker, put him in the walls of Jericho for the submission. But he's not done yet. He's beating on Joey Janela after the bell. He's beating him down, and Jericho goes to the corner. He yanks off the top turnbuckle pad, throws it at Orange Cassidy. He grabs Joey Janela, rams him headfirst into the top buckle, the exposed steel. And Janela comes up, he's got blood pouring down his head, he's got a wound on his forehead, and Jericho is rubbing Janela's bloody head. We had a lot of blood on this show, actually, now that I think about it. We had a lot of blood tonight. We had blood here, we had blood in the main event. But he rubs Janela's bloody face on his shirt, and now the Orange Cassidy shirt is all bloodied, and I'm just watching this going, hey, blood Orange Cassidy. See? There you go. Now it all makes sense. Blood Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy has seen enough. He runs into the ring. He goes after Jericho. That brings out Jake Hager. Hager comes out. Now it's two on one. Sonny Kiss comes out. Sonny Kiss, good friends with uh, Joey Janela we've seen, right, recently on TV and on Dark. Sonny Kiss comes out, takes down Jericho, but Hager takes down Sonny. And Orange Cassidy is back up. He takes out Hager, goes for... A Superman punch on Jericho, but Hager pulls him out of harm's way. And Orange Cassidy pulls out a bottle of the bubbly. He had a bottle of bubbly. A bottle of Jericho's bubbly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he poured it out. 
and he gave the thumbs down. And that was the final bit of promotion for their Mimosa Mayhem match coming up this Saturday at the pay-per-view. This will be the rubber match between these two men. It should be it. It should be the final match. There should be uh, nothing left when this is all said and done. There's no reason for this to go on any longer. Uh, Andrew Lolivar, thank you for the five bucks, man. I appreciate that. I can see Wardlow throwing in the towel for MJF at All Out, which leads to an MJF versus Wardlow feud and gives MJF an excuse that he never lost. Interesting, but I think kind of lame. That is not how I want to see this pay-per-view. And didn't we have, we already had a finish like that on TV recently, though. You can't redo that finish again. I wouldn't do a finish like that in the, in the main event anyway. But you just had John Moxley and Brian Cage on TV not that long ago with Taz throwing in the towel. You can't do that again. I'm sorry. You, you, you can't repeat that finish again so soon. Rodimus Prime with the five. An okay show tonight, but looking forward to All Out on Saturday. As am I. I am looking forward to that as well. Should be a good show. Team Taz makes their way out. Here comes Taz, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. One of the best promos in all of wrestling. And Taz coming out to the ring. So Taz is talking when all of a sudden Jake the Snake Roberts. He's got a mic in his hand and he comes out with Lance Archer. And so here comes the Snake Man. He makes his way out. And Jake said, and I quote, I want to give the exact quote here. This is what Jake said. He said, you're just a couple of squirrels trying to find a nut. Well, you're not going to bust a nut anytime we're in the ring. Oh, God. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do the vote. How does he? Oh, my God. How does he talk like that? It's like I always used to wonder how the macho man went around with that voice. And, and how did he like not just spit blood up everywhere he went? It would, it would pain me to listen to that man speak. God, that remind that took me back to Halloween a couple of years ago when I dressed up as the Macho Man and I did the voice all night long. And then I had to do a podcast the next day. I don't remember what I sounded like. I'm sure I didn't sound great. My voice, I mean, it's it felt like I've never been in so much pain before in my throat trying to do that voice. But that's what Jake sounds like too. Jake sounds the same way. But his big line was, "You're not gonna bust a nut anytime that we're in the ring." And I thought to myself, what a fantastic visual. Thank you very much. That, that's exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> it's just the visual of Jake the Snake Roberts talking about busting a nut in the middle of the ring. Took me back to that Heroes of Wrestling show many years ago when uh, Jake and the Snake... Well, you know, we don't need to get into that. That was a different time for Jake Roberts. He's in a much better place now. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston makes his way out. And Eddie Kingston comes out with his stable, and he's got the Butcher and the Blade, and he's got Pentagon, and he's got Phoenix. And he's talking for a little bit. Tully Blanchard comes wandering out there with Sean Spears, which felt kind of random to me. I mean, Tully Blanchard, he, he's, got, he's got a new girlfriend. His, his new girl is called FTR. Sean Spears is uh, old news. Sean Spears was just standing there. He didn't do much. But we got some trash talking between Taz and Eddie Kingston. Which sounds phenomenal, by the way. The only bad part is it didn't last long enough. They literally were talking to each other for maybe 30 seconds. That's not long enough. 
I need some kind of in-ring verbal face-off between Taz and Eddie Kingston. Give him a whole segment. Just give him 15 minutes. But trust me, they will not disappoint. I know Eddie Kingston won't. So the only thing I didn't like about this is that it didn't go long enough. But uh, Darby Allen ran out. He attacked Ricky Starks. And then a giant brawl broke out. With everybody who's going to be in the Battle Royal this, uh, this Saturday night. The Casino Battle Royal coming out. Santana and Ortiz come out. Jake Hager, best friends, jump them. Uh, I spotted Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn was out there throwing shots around. I thought he wasn't allowed to call himself Billy Gunn. They were calling him Billy Gunn. I guess maybe he uh, resolved the whole name issue. Weren't they just calling him Billy? Or Big Bill or something? (laughs) They were calling him Billy Gunn. Maybe they just said, fuck it. What are they going to do? They going to come after us for calling the guy Billy? Let him take us to court. But I thought this whole thing, you know, once everybody started running out for the very uh, cliched brawl, it just, it dragged on for so long. And to me, this is the same shit that WWE does with the Royal Rumble almost every year. Send out the clowns so they can all just kind of brawl. And that'll be our big preview for the Royal Rumble. And that's what they did here. They sent everybody out. They were brawling. They cut to a commercial break. They came back. They were still fighting. (laughs) They came back from commercial. They're still fighting. They're all a bunch of morons. Save it for the pay-per-view. You're all fighting for a championship opportunity. These morons are out there acting like it's the the battle royal time. If it's me, I'm hanging back. I'm watching all these doofuses out here going, (laughs) look at these morons. A lot of arms and legs out there. You know, you could take out a knee. You can tear something. You can get uh, knocked silly and concussed. Bunch of idiots these guys are. What are they fighting for nothing? This went on for too long. I'll say this. I think Archer, Lance Archer, really could use this win. Lance Archer has been in the shadows now for a long time. Really, ever since the loss to Cody. He's never been the same. He hasn't done anything of note. So this could be a big win for him. I, honestly, if you want to know who I would like to see win this whole thing, you know, I think Darby certainly has a shot. I'd like to, I really would like to see Ricky Starks get the win. I am, I am a big Ricky Starks fan. He can have that title match in his back pocket. You know, maybe it even causes a little bit of jealousy from Brian Cage. I'm not saying split them up, but you know, Brian Cage is uh, a little professional jealousy there. You know, a little, a little competitiveness between members of the same, uh, of the same group, right? Brothers fight. Members of the Taz family. That's okay. I'd like to see Ricky Starks get it. And Rob Bass, Ricky Starks' gold. Thunder Rosa showed the women's division how it is done. NWA, baby. Well, that is the perfect segue. That's why I wanted to get to Rob's Super Chat. Perfect segue. This was time now for the AEW debut of the NWA women's champion, Thunder Rosa. Ahead of her match with Hikaru Shida this weekend, taking on Another new face, but a familiar one, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, straight-edge society Serena, who most recently served as a trainer at the WWE Performance Center. She was, I think, let go. I don't remember exactly when, but here she was getting a a shot on TV. They had a very good match, uh, but they took a break right in the middle of it, and it wasn't as if the match was that long. So, you know, a nice little chunk of the match we just missed because of the commercial break. That sucked. I hated that. Of all the matches, you got to take a break in the middle of this one. 
I didn't like that. And Jim Ross on commentary was pushing, you know, a little too much, I think, the whole notion of, you know, these women are, you know, technically sound and they're not in there. They're not worried about breaking a nail. It's like, yeah, we get it. Just can you just focus on the match, please? Like, they're both tough. They're veterans or Serena's a veteran. We we, we know that. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to break a nail. Cool. Can you just kind of focus on the match, please? It was a little bit too much of that, I thought here. Uh, Serena was looking for a pile driver. Rosa reversed it into a Death Valley driver for a near fall. So they traded a whole series of pin attempts back and forth. Drop kick to the face. Thunder Rosa calls for the end. She gives the cutthroat signal. Lifts up Serena and hits the Thunder Driver for the 1-2-3. So an impressive win for Thunder Rosa. Two women not under contract to the company. Two women not under contract to AEW go out there and have maybe the best women's match in many weeks that we have seen in AEW. Maybe longer. There was a good one, though. There was a good one. It might have been Sheeta and Penelope Ford. That, I feel like that wasn't that long ago. I remember liking that match. But matches like this in the women's division on Dynamite, I can't speak for Dark because I don't see Dark every week. Matches like this are few and far between. This is why the the match I'm looking forward to the most on Saturday, I will say one of the matches I am looking forward to most on Saturday is the women's title match. The NWA women's title is not on the line, only the AEW one, but you got champion against champion. You got Thunder Rosa who can hold her own. Yeah, Serena is no slouch, but Thunder Rosa is great, and I'm really happy that she's getting a chance here to show Uh, what she can do on a larger scale to a bigger audience. As much as I liked her on NWA Power, it's a YouTube show. It's a YouTube show in a studio full of about 200 people. This is very different. This is a major cable channel, live on TV, live in prime time, to an audience that, when you factor everybody in, is going to be over a million people who are going to get to see this woman in action. It's a great platform for her. And for Billy Corgan, it's a great platform for the NWA. So for him, it makes all the sense in the world to want to work with Tony Khan. And if Tony Khan wants to work with him, okay, well, hey, I think the NWA is uh, the bigger beneficiary out of it. But it's a great, it's a great thing. If I'm if I'm uh, Billy Corgan, I wouldn't have turned down the offer either. I think it was Tony Khan who called him. What are you going to say? No, you going to charge him a million dollars or something? It only made sense. The only thing is, now I want to see Thunder Rosa on Dynamite, because we don't have NWA power. But uh, I thought she looked great, and I thought this was a very good match. Very good stuff. Thunder Rosa. I still can't roll the R's. I can't roll the tongue. If I do, I'll, I'll just spit all over the camera. I'm not going to do that. Carlos Lugo, how do you take your notes for the show shorthand? Uh, because you go online pretty much after the show is over. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, it's not that I don't enjoy the shows. I feel like, though, maybe I'd enjoy it a little bit more if I wasn't always so stressed about making sure that everything was covered. And I still end up missing a few things here and there. But, uh, yeah, you got to just do shorthand because what are you going to do? You're going to sit here and write a novel, every move, headlock, takeover, headlock. What is this, a Randy Orton match? Yeah, shorthand, then you got to go, man. You got to go. 10 p.m., you got to get ready to go live. That's how it goes. I get nervous, you know? I get nervous before I go live. That's part of the fun, though, you know? 
I get nervous. I want Rob Bass in the chat. I want uh, vibes by luxury in the chat. I, you know, I know they're watching, so I get real nervous. You know? Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone was interviewing Big Swole about her match coming up this weekend with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Now remember, Swole, because she won that handicap match last week, gets to pick the stipulation for the match at the pay-per-view. Their match will not technically be on the pay-per-view now. It has been bumped to the buy-in, which is the pre-show. So that is where this match will be taking place. And it is going to be a tooth-and-nail match. There was no explanation, unless I missed it, of exactly what the rules for a tooth-and-nail match are. But that's what they're calling it, a tooth-and-nail match. All of a sudden, a woman walks up with a pizza. She's got a face mask on, so we can't tell who it is. It looked like Britt Baker. And I think that's kind of the story. Like, Swole was like, oh, you can't fool me. I know who it is. Uh, But in fact, it was not Britt Baker. Britt Baker attacked Swole from behind with a crutch. She walks. Britt Baker is vertical again. The woman is, it's a miracle. She has been healed. And she wallops Big Swole multiple times from behind with the crutch. And they open the pizza box. And there's a, I think like a pepperoni pizza in there. I couldn't tell. I think it was a pepperoni pizza. And they shove Swole's face into the pizza. She puts her in the lockjaw hold. Then she grabs more of the pizza and rubs it all over her face. Jim Ross was burying uh, pineapple on pizza. Me and JR are pretty much in lockstep together on that. There's a reason that Jim Ross buried pineapple on pizza. It's because pineapple has no fucking business being on pizza. So Jim Ross, you know, Jim Ross knows his food. He knows his barbecue and all that. Jim Ross knows what he's talking about. So if he wants to go ahead and bury pineapple on pizza, he can bury pineapple Pete too while he's at it. He's got my full support. So anyway, that sets up the match on uh, on Saturday night between those two. Uh, Rob Bass says Ricky Starks is gold. Thunder Rosa showed the women's division how it is done. Prince Walker, have you uh, started watching the Dark Order segments on BTE yet? It is the best part of the show. I have not. I have not. I am actually uh, far behind on uh, on uh, BTE. Six Williams with the five. Why does the NWA Women's Champions belt look plastic? It looks like a toy belt. Why didn't they give her the real belt if there is one? Well, I mean, a lot of the NWA belts, they're not gigantic belts. And that's kind of part of the, that's, that's part of the deal. I mean, the NWA belts traditionally back in the day were very small. Aside from the big gold belt that Ric Flair would carry around with him. You know, the television title was a small belt. Uh, I don't think the tag belts were very big. So the belts are meant to be a throwback in many ways. And it's kind of like the women's title in AEW. I think the women's title in AEW is even smaller. And uglier. But it's kind of got that old school, you know, vibe about it. I think that was done on purpose. I think that's the whole point. Trevon Clark with the two bucks. Thank you, sir. Dry chicken without flavor. Taz, Ricky Starks, Jake Roberts, and Eddie Kingston. In the same ring was pure gold. Watching it was like eating a nice, delicious barbecue steak and pork. Well, I'd rather have the barbecue steak and pork, personally. But uh, I, do, I do understand your point. John Moxley in the main event. 
against MJF's lawyer, Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling, earlier in the night, throughout the show, he was scared. He locked himself in his dressing room at one point. MJF literally barged in and yelled at him because, remember, if Mark Sterling ran away and did not wrestle John Moxley, MJF would forfeit his championship match at the pay-per-view, which is why Wardlow was out with, uh, with the attorney here to make sure he didn't run away. Uh, this guy was wearing some kind of a... Uh, he had like this padded outfit on. You know, he was acting like he didn't know how to wrestle. Even though uh, I believe he is a trained wrestler. But he did a good job of acting like he doesn't know how to wrestle. This was a squash. They played it for comedy. I really th- I thought this went longer than it should have. It's like, we know where this is going. Just get to the point. You could have had one face-off in the ring with them. You want to do one quick comedy spot and then have Moxley just go, all right, fuck this shit. And just do what he ended up doing three and a half minutes later, which was elevated paradigm shift, dropped him down on his head. One, two, three, John Moxley wins. Uh, Wardlow immediately attacked Moxley, gave him the F10, flung him around in the air, picked him up, gave him a second one. The camera nearly missed it. Right at the last second, the camera cut back and caught it. So two F10s, and here comes MJF. And MJF has been selling these injuries for the last few weeks, ever since Moxley gave him the paradigm shift. He had a neck brace on. He's been in a walker. So out comes MJF in his suit and his walker. He throws the walker aside. He rips off the neck brace. He takes off his suit jacket. He, he, he's like Britt Baker. He has been healed. He has been healed from his injury. What are these guys in AEW? What are they getting into here? They have like a dot. Dr. Zahorian in the uh, locker room with his uh, his bag of gimmicks. You know, you need to feel better. I got something for that. What's going on here? Everybody is healing themselves from their from their injuries. Just send Rey Mysterio to the AEW locker room. Maybe it'll heal his uh, torn triceps. So he throws all that stuff aside, and he mounts Moxley in the ring, and he just starts throwing bombs. He's beating down on him, and he tells Wardlow to pick him up. Wardlow is holding Moxley after handing the dynamite diamond ring to MJF. MJF puts the diamond ring on his finger, and he wallops John Moxley with the ring. Moxley comes up. He's all bloody. He's all busted open. And uh, MJF, MJF decides at this point that he's going to bite John Moxley on his bloody forehead. So he bites him on the head. This was more aggressive than we've seen from MJF. This was a more aggressive side of MJF than we're used to seeing here. This wasn't played for comedy. This wasn't played for laughs. This was to get this kid over. Heading into the pay-per-view as somebody who can hang with Moxley on Moxley's level. Moxley is known to have done a hardcore match or two in his day, in case you didn't know. And so this was MJF's way of kind of uh, getting violent and bloody. With John Moxley. I love the uh, shot of him with Moxley's blood all over his face. He had Moxley's blood by his mouth, on his head. He looked demented. He was looking into the camera and yelling and screaming. And he looked like a man possessed. Or on bath salts. But uh, it was a side of him I think we needed to see heading into the pay-per-view. I did like what they did there at the very end. I thought the match with Sterling, it was just, like I said, it was a comedy It didn't need to go as long as it did. Uh, But this was something that uh, I did like to see heading into the pay-per-view. And then he held up the belt to close out the show. 
So they closed out what I thought was a very ho-hum episode of Dynamite. It wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't a good show either, honestly. It wasn't a great show. It was a show. Uh, and we'll see what the uh, what the Twitter poll says here in a second. I can only imagine the reaction to this poll. You should see the comments I get every week. You should see the comments I got when I posted the NXT poll. Instead of just admitting that there were a lot of people who were not fond of the finish of that main event, and there were a lot of people who did not like the finish of that main event, and maybe that's why they voted the way they did. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You see... The majority of the negative votes come from all those WWE fans, all those, all those, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, AEW fans who love to just shit on WWE and they hate NXT and so they all, they'll band together and they all vote against NXT to the tune, I guess, of literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of votes. Are there a few people who do that? Sure. But I love these conspiracy, you know, nut jobs who come up with all these different explanations for why the... You know, the, the, the AEW folks are trying to sabotage NXT. And you get it the other way, too. You get people who accuse the NXT people of trying to sabotage the AEW uh, poll results as well. I wish we could take all of these people and lock them in, like, a giant, like, dumpster. And just shut the door and leave them in there. And then come back the next morning... And unlock the door, and let's see if anybody comes walking out. Just let them fight to the death. <laughs> Last man standing. Just lock them in there and let them go at it. That's what I'd like to see. So let's talk about this pay-per-view. This pay-per-view uh, on Saturday. I'm not going to be doing a separate predictions video. You're going to get your predictions right now. You're getting, you're getting a more bang for your buck here. So let's talk about this pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. And I will be live after the pay-per-view. So when All Out goes off the air, the pay-per-view does start uh, on Saturday night at 8 p.m. It's an 8 p.m. start time for that show. Figure it's probably going to go... Because they only do the pay-per-views quarterly, they have one every... Well, I guess they have four per year. So they tend to go a little bit longer. I could see this... I could see this going to 11.30 on Saturday. So it could be a late stream. But I'll be here live when it's over. We've got Britt Baker and Big Swole... In the buy-in match on the pre-show, a tooth and nail match. What that means, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like toothbrush on a pole in one corner, and in the other corner, you've got like a nail file hanging from the ceiling. I have no idea. But I'm picking Britt Baker to win. It's her first match back. Come on, man. I mean, I know she got the heat on uh, Swole in this segment. Swole has to get her revenge. Maybe we see Lil Swole. We saw Big Swole team up with Lil Swole, Nicole Savoy, in the Women's Deadly Game or Deadly Draw tournament. And Lil Swole looked great. I think they should put them together as an act, like Hardcore Holly and Crash Holly. I think they could be entertaining together. Maybe we'll see her come out and help, you know, Big Swole get the way. You know what? That's actually, I just thought about that. That actually, I could see that happening. Because you got to imagine that Britt Baker is going to have Rebel in her corner. Maybe even Penelope Ford. Maybe she'll, uh, you know, pay off Penelope Ford again to help her out. And out comes Lil Swole making her pay-per-view debut. And she helps Big Swole get the win. And that could be her introduction to the main AEW roster. That's right. That could happen. I'm still going to pick Britt Baker to win. (laughs) 
I'm not changing my prediction. Then we have the 21-man Casino Battle Royale. We know some of the names in there. Well, I mean, you saw a lot of them in the ring tonight just fighting each other. I guess Billy Gunn. Anytime they have a Battle Royale like this, Billy Gunn is always in there. And he usually dumps a few people out. And Billy Gunn's a big dude. Like, I met him in person. I interviewed him in person, even though we were sitting down. Even sitting down, he's a big guy. He kind of towers over some of these AEW. <laughs> you know, I don't... It's not necessarily the best visual in the world. Billy Gunn in there towering over, you know, half your talent. But uh, Billy Gunn will not win this battle royal. I, I'm i going to go with Ricky Starks. I want to see Ricky Starks win. So, Ricky Starks or Lance Archer? I'm going to go with Ricky. We've got the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Eva Luno, and Stu Grayson taking on the Natural Nightmare, Scorpio Sky, and Matt Cardona. Absolutely no reason for the Dark Order not to get this win. Unless the Dark Order, unless the idea is that the Dark Order is going to lose, and it's going to be Eva Luno's fault, or it's going to be Colt Cabana's fault, and then it just plays into the story, and Brody Lee kind of goes off on him. Uh... Brody Lee is now the TNT champion. Brody Lee was booked like a monster a few weeks ago. He dominated Cody, put him out on a backboard. He is the champion. So clearly they're building up the Dark Order. I see no reason for them to lose here, so I'm picking them to win. We have the Young Bucks taking on Jurassic Express. This could be one of the sleeper matches on this show. I think Young Bucks are going over, though. They're my pick. We've got Matt Hardy. Taking on Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. And they explain tonight that it is last man standing, anything goes. And if that last man standing in this match turns out to be Sammy Guevara, then Matt Hardy will leave AEW. Matt Hardy made his AEW Dynamite debut on March 18th. Matt Hardy ain't leaving AEW. And Sammy just beat him, I think, right? Did you just beat him in the tables match on TV? So Matt Hardy is going to win this match. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have Hikaru Shida defending her AEW Women's Championship against the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. One of the matches I'm looking most forward to on this show. This and the tag team title match are the two matches I am looking forward to the most. Hangman and Omega against FTR, and this. These are the two I'm looking forward to the most. And I'm picking Hikaru Shida to win. You don't put over the NWA Women's Champion, not unless she's sticking around. If she's sticking around, that's a different story. Even still, she's not under contract to AEW. 
You're not going to have somebody like that beat your AEW Women's Champion. You're not doing that. So I expect a very good match, and I expect the Hikaru Shida win. Then we have Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending their AEW Tag Team titles against FTR with Tully Blanchard in their corner. FTR, all they do is win. They've been winning ever since they came into the company. They won that gauntlet match, and now they have earned the right to challenge for the championships. Everything is just set up perfectly. Everything is moving along exactly as I expected it to move along. And now you got to take that next step, and that's taking the titles off of Hangman and Omega. They've had them for a while now. They're two singles wrestlers. It's time. Put FTR over, they win the belts. And whenever you're good and ready to do the program with them and the Bucks, they got the belts. And they could rub it in the Bucks' face and say, look what we have. We've, we've done what you couldn't do. And then Hangman and Omega can go do whatever it is that they're going to do. Are they going to split? Are they going to feud? Is Kenny going to go heel? You know, and go off to, to feud with somebody else? There's any number of ways you can go with this. In fact, you could do Hangman against Omega coming out of this pay-per-view. You could do Hangman against Omega and have Hang- and have Omega win. And then eventually win the title and come on back next year. And build to the big rematch. And that's where you can have the big crowning celebration for Hangman Page as the AEW champion. Now think about this. When, when AEW had their first pay-per-view, where the championship was decided, it was Chris Jericho against Hangman Page. And there was a lot of divided opinion about who should go over in that match. You can't take the ex-WWE guy. Jericho's old. And, and I said, no, Jericho is the perfect choice for the first AEW champion. Hangman Page was not ready. He wasn't. He was kind of like this bland baby face. And people didn't really... Yeah, I mean, if you followed the, the stuff with the Elite and everything, then maybe you knew him. But it wasn't the right time. Hangman Page... Like a Sammy Guevara, like a Darby Allen, like like even a Luchasaurus or someone. People who you could one day see in that role as the AEW champion or wrestling for the AEW title, being a big star, being a main event player. Hangman Page is near the top of that list. He'll get there. Don't put the title on him because what's going to end up happening is you're going to Roman Reigns him. And people are going to resent him for it. Don't fall into that trap. And they did the right thing. Now... Here we are one year later. I can absolutely picture him as the champion. It's been an an incredible year for Hangman Page. The transformation character-wise that he has made. The fan support that he had before the fans went away. Hopefully it'll still be there when they really start coming back. They're slowly getting people back into the buildings. But I, I mean, I'm talking like those big crowds, you know? He's there. He's already there. So now you can build him up for next year. It'll be like night and day. And he'll be ready to be the world champion. And he could be the guy that, like an MJF, helps carry this company for the next five five to ten years. I think FTR is winning. And uh, Omega and Hangman are headed for Splitsville. As many teams seem to be in WWE. Everyone, everyone's splitting up. Everyone's splitting up. Hopefully not in their personal relationships. That's That's different. First ever Mimosa Mayhem match. You like how I said that? Mimosa. Mimosa Mayhem match. Chris Jericho against Orange Cassidy. Blood Orange Cassidy. The loser is, I guess, dumped in a vat of acid or whatever the stipulation. Mimosa. Mimosa acid. Chris Jericho is taking a mimosa bath on this show. 
This is going to be a win for Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho is going to do the comedy. It's like the comedy pratfall, you know. He's going to be the one who's going to get dunked. And he's going to freak out. It's going to be an epic freak out. Chris Jericho on Dynamite next week is going to be completely insufferable because he's going to be beside himself. I mean, if you thought him having his jacket stained set him off, imagine what he'll be like after he gets dunked on Saturday night. That should be fun. And then we get to the main event. AEW champion John Moxley defending against MJF. If they were to put the AEW title on MJF, not a move I would hate, not a move I would make. Too soon. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. I would let Moxley go a few more months, and I would say maybe at the next pay-per-view in November, maybe against Kenny, that would be a good time for him to finally drop the belt. I would not put the championship yet on MJF. There is still plenty of time for that to happen. And this will be a big test for MJF, too. You know, the match that he had with uh, Jungle Boy, I think it was back at uh, Double or Nothing, that was a big test. They went out there and they they stole the show or nearly stole the show. They had a great wrestling match. I've heard a lot of people knock MJF. He's a great character. He's a great talker. But as a wrestler, he's like, eh. He's actually very good. He may not be, uh, you know, a, a technical master, but he's actually very good. He had a very good match. That was a, a huge night for him. This is going to be a little bit different. I don't think people are expecting a technical masterpiece from either one of these guys. That's not who John Moxley is. This is going to be more of a brawl. It's not no DQ, but we never see we we never see DQs anyway in this company. One, I can remember one disqualification, and that was the first fall of an Iron Man match between Kenny Omega and Pac. They don't do DQs in AEW. So I think it'll be more of a brawl. I think John Moxley is going to get the win. And he is going to retain his championship. And so that is the rundown of the card. Again, join me live immediately following All Out on Saturday night. Right back here on the YouTube channel. And uh, in case you forgot, there it is right there. Boom. Boom. I love that little animation. Boom. Hit that subscribe button. And then uh, ring that bell. That way you will get the notification as soon as uh, soon as I go live. All right, Twitter poll. What did you guys think of this show tonight? Overwhelmingly positive score. Almost 1,100 votes in. 74, roughly, right? 74%. Thumbs up. 26% thumbs down. So you guys apparently enjoyed Dynamite a little bit more than I did tonight. I would still go thumbs up on the show, but not by that margin. I would not go thumbs up by that margin. You can still vote and let your voice be heard at Solomonster on Twitter. Dry Chicken Without Flavor says AEW fans and NXT fans in a blood and guts slap fight. Now that would be interesting. That would certainly be interesting. I, I would be in favor of that. I still like my idea, though. I like my idea better of just kind of locking them in uh, like a bunker, a dumpster, a trailer of some kind. And just kind of letting them fight to the death. Put that on pay-per-view. Put that on Fight TV. Stream it, right? I think that could be entertaining. 803. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> how you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. That's good to hear. Um, yes, sir, so um, I guess basically my thoughts on the show. Um, 
definitely not the strongest go home show uh, for AEW, um, especially that we have seen this year. But of course, you know the circumstances with COVID and everything uh, that is most certainly expected. Um, the Battle Royal, the Eddie Kingston promo, um, just kind of having all those names out there kind of talking at once. That was kind of uh, just a, a little odd, something you kind of see in TNA Impact, just people just kind of talking over each other. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really need to hear references being made to, oh, hey, guys, we only have this much time left in the show, so let's hurry up. And it's, uh, or busting I don't a really nut. need to hear that. I don't need to hear that either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean, when, when I was listening to the show, I was like, wait, did, did he just say that? Did he just, okay. Yeah, where was well, the sensor more, there? More, more yeah, power the, to Jake. Yeah, the sensor in that other yeah. segment was trying to hit the button and he kept missing. Where was he during this segment? How come he couldn't block that out? I'm going to have nightmares about this now. Why can't this guy do his job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes to um, one of the two questions I wanted to ask you possibly later on um, about uh, this honeymoon period that we've kind of talked on and off about for the past couple of months because um, the show is going to be coming up on a year old um, in a couple of weeks, a few more months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, you know, they were still kind of having some of these tech issues, um, you know, some, you know, with them being human related with JR and also, you know, with some sensor issues as well. Um, do you believe AEW has, um, do you believe it's fair to finally take them out of this honeymoon period just start to be um just kind of give them some more constructive criticism if it's if it's time for that the honeymoon yet. period's over i mean i i can't speak for everybody i mean as far as my reviews and all that stuff the honeymoon period ended a long time ago i mean there have been weeks where i i flat out say that i didn't think this was a very good episode of dynamite or i talk about a women's match that just went horribly wrong you know i i did that a few weeks ago and there were people who got very upset oh how could you say that it's part of the story okay great I didn't say that it it was a bad story. I said the match was shit. And it's like some people can't accept. There are people who just cannot accept that criticism. Uh, And those people just, you know, you can't really reason with people like that. They they have a certain, I guess, loyalty to the product. I went through this years ago. If anyone's listened to my podcast for a long time, there was a period of time where uh, it was kind of a one-sided war. I wasn't at war with anybody, but boy... You know, these uh, Impact fans would come at me and uh, they would get really salty about some of the things I would say about TNA, which was well-deserved. I, I only said it because it was well-deserved, but that did, didn't did sit very well with them. I don't know, this blind loyalty that some people have for some of these products. If it's a bad show, you call it a bad show. If it's a great show, you call it a great show. It's not rocket science here. I'm starting to see more criticism than I did maybe... Uh, five or six months ago. I think the honeymoon period is over. But you're always going to have those people who are just so mm-hmm. loyal and they just can't, you know, any any ounce of, uh, of of criticism. It's just not something that they can that they can really accept. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we're out of that period. I'm going to let you go because we got to we got to keep things moving along here. But yeah, honeymoon honeymoon's over. The honeymoon is over. It's like, it's like getting married. You know, you get that honeymoon in there, and then the marriage begins, and then it all goes downhill from there. I kid. I kid all the married people. I'm sure we have a lot of very happy, happily married people listening to this stream right now, right? A lot of happily married people. What about you, 305? Are you happily married? No. 
I'm too young for that. Okay. Well, I'm how 30. young? Are we, well, how young are we talking here? Thirty. That's not that young. Not to get married. Uh no. Uh and my mother uh, had me when she was twenty two. Uh, Jason, do, when do you think uh, AEW is finally going to pull off this stupid uh, four horsemen type stable crap? Do you think? And honestly, I'd like Lance Archer in that group. Because he can be like the Sid Vicious when Sid Vicious joined the group in a um, in NWA and stuff like that. And a lot of people didn't like they, that though. <laughs> they, they don't look back fondly on that period though, where Sid joined the group. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, honestly, I agree. I saw that. It wasn't good. There was some good parts. There was some bad parts. When I saw that, I was, I was, it was in the middle for me and honestly i like ftr and adam page in the group do you think adam page's character fits that type of group or no. not so much no, if he turns to you i wouldn't no 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 no. i wouldn't do that and i thought they made it very clear tonight unless it was all one big swerve uh they were just using him and they're they have no interest in partnering with him or you know kind of bringing him into the fold i, I mean there'd be a better chance of kenny omega linking up with them and i'm not even saying kenny needs a group but uh, I don't think Hangman is Hangman is the lone wolf kind of babyface type. That's that's the right role for him, and you start to build him up because when so, he so when wait, he wins so that championship, that, that, he's got to be a babyface. You know, when he wins that title, whether it's next year, or whenever it may be, that's a big babyface moment. I would not turn him full full on heel. He's already been almost like a <laughs> tweener type for so long. Uh, I wouldn't turn him. Four two three. Hey, Jason, this is uh, me, uh, James Vaughn. How you doing today, man? Uh, doing good, James. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just, you know, was going to the gym, helping my neighbors, and just trying to enjoy, uh, you know, this new month. Uh, I thought I thought AEW was a okay show. It was, they were a bit, like you said, building up to Saturday and everything. And I, I just want to say, I think we got too many factions in AEW. I think there's so many... I don't mind seeing a full horseman version if they do it right. I'm just, but that's here or there. But, but what do you what do you think? Of, uh, what do you think about, about that main event with uh, Moxley? Uh, I wasn't really a fan of it. I know it was just being played up for comedy. They wanted to get to the end angle. I mean, it was a means to an end. The mm-hmm. end was to get MJF out there yeah. to reveal that he wasn't really hurt, and then uh, go medieval on Moxley and get the blood, get the juice going. So they, they accomplished that, but you could have done that so many different ways, you know? So I, I just thought it, mm-hmm. it went on 
three minutes longer than it had to. The uh, quote-unquote match with the uh, lawyer. And uh, the right. only thing that really mattered was what we saw at the end. That visual of MJF with the blood yeah. on his face. That was the money shot right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like like MJF, you know. And I, I, I did enjoy the uh, FTR and Omega and, and Adam Page thing. I thought that was really good how, you know, I, I think uh, – that we'll have, I agree. We'll have new tag team champions, and then you'll see Omega and go to go back to the cleaner, and you see Adam Page be that baby face. Because yeah, he's gonna be champion sooner than later. I, I just want to say that I agree on that. I just, but let me ask you this real quick: since Cody's gonna be out for a little bit, will AEW be okay without Cody? They can still have that roster they have right now that can carry yeah. it. No, I mean they'll be they'll they'll be fine. They don't need Cody. Cody can stay out an extra month if he wants to. I think he's only going to be gone for maybe a month. He can stay out for another month. It's not like they need to rush him back. They've got a lot of talent that they actually it almost feels like they don't have time for. They haven't introduced that second show yet. I have no idea when that second show is coming or how long it's going to be, what night of the week it's going to be. It was in the contract that they signed with TNT when they renewed back in January that they were getting a second show on the network. And then at that point, and it's not going to be dark, it's going to be a totally new show. I guess dark will continue on YouTube. Because they have so much, they do have a lot of talent, and we don't necessarily get to see them all every week. Cody had that nice stretch there with the open challenge. Now he'll do the injury angle, he'll come back, maybe he'll feel a little bit fresher. Because being the TNT champion, it was putting him in the ring every single week. So it's fine. You know, they got plenty of other talented guys on the roster who can step up. You know, in his absence. And I think that they'll be uh, perfectly fine. Let's go to 718. First time caller, long time listener. This is Six Williams. How you doing, Salamaster? Good. That's my old area code. Yeah, I live in Long Island. This is my cell phone. I have sent you a, I have sent you a super chat. I have this, this question. I felt like I need to call in to ask you. Sure. Listen, I understand when you say those the women's belt, the NWA women's belt is supposed to be small, but it looked plastic. Those those rubies look like plastic. Every the belt looked like like a toy belt that you can buy out of like Toys R Us or someplace. Maybe it was. Did you get a close look at it when she put that? I I did. Like why didn't they give I her I the saw medal? It. I saw it in the, uh, well, I mean, when she first came out, but I saw it, there was a picture on Twitter earlier, but I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really focused on it. So I didn't get to see the rubies and everything in it. I don't remember, you know, it's been so long. It's been so many months now. Is that the same belt that she had on NWA power or, or did the belt change? Do you know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't remember. But what I'm sure of, yeah. like, if you get a chance, please go back. When they put the when she had the belt and she's talking into the camera after the match, mm-hmm. look at that belt. It's plastic. It's not metal. At least Cody belt, you can tell it was it was metal. That belt that that girl got is plastic. Let me see here. I'm gonna see if I can bring it because I have to see a picture of this. I don't I don't think I saw what you saw after the match. She got up close with the belt, mm-hmm. and you can clearly see that that's a plastic belt, bro. It's a plastic belt, and oh. I'm wondering why she walking around kissing that plastic belt <laughs> well maybe they maybe they misplaced the actual one and this was kind of just something that she they gave her or she bought or something no. to bring it on tv when, like, let me see here when Under listen, when she when she did the interview when she did the interview last week mm-hmm. when it was her and 
Sheeta together. It's the same belt. It's the plastic belt. And I'm saying AEW woman belt don't look that great, but it's it's nice. It's a it's a nice metallic metal compared to the NWA's women belt. That thing is plastic. Get a good look at it, bro. That belt is plastic, and she got a nerve to come on our show with that plastic belt. Well, I can't find a picture. I'm of a belt I'm, collector. I'm gonna have to. Well, so am I. Take a look behind I'm, my shoulder here. I got about. <laughs> I got a, about thirty. I got about thirty belts, and I even bought the Fiend's belt when it was sixty five hundred. I believe it's like five hundred now. So you. So when the Fiend's belt yeah, was that, was sixty five hundred released, and you bought, I bought it. Wow. Now is the idea that you're going to hold on to it and collect it, or are you going to turn around and resell it to somebody else? No, no, no. I'm a collector. I just fin- finished redoing my house here in Long Island. So I got a room that they're going to be doing. They're going to finish up this week and I'm going to have all the belts and the fiends belt got a special case. It looked crazy. I'll take a picture of it and put it on Twitter when everything is done. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to just see one last time if I could find I, a picture I, of this belt. If not, I'll have to wait till I'm off here and then I'll go back and, and watch. I, you seem very upset about this. Pla- you seem very upset about this. You must be happy with the plastic ban here in New York when they banned plastic bags and everything a few months ago. You must, you must have been uh, head over heels about that. I expect more from the NWA because I have their belt. I have, in fact, I have all of their replica belts from like the old, the old school belts, even though down to the one Nick Aldis wear today. So when I look at the women's belt, that belt is horrible. It's plastic. Plastic jewels, plastic everything. Well, Oz and Glorious just sent a super chat in saying that uh, you're lying about spending $6,500 on that awful belt. He is not a fan of the Fiend belt, and he can't believe that somebody would have spent that much money on what looks to what is like a well, well, tell the person, the person that actually sent that super chat in, I make over $190,000 a year. I'm a psychiatric nurse for the state of New York. Well, so, yes, I bought the belt for 6500 Follow my Instagram, and then you'll understand. There's no reason to lie. We'll shout, we'll shout out your handle so people can Doesn't go check out your Instagram. What's your handle on there? Yeah, my my Instagram, I got two of them. One for my exotic cars and one for the regular. Six Williams, S-Y-X-X Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Now, there it thanks is. a lot for the call, but please, please, Solomon, please look at that <laughs> raggedy-ass belt, man. Horrible. <laughs> I will. Just horrible. I, I, I clearly I missed it because uh, I, I have to go back now. I'm, I'm actually really interested in going back and seeing how awful this, uh, this belt looks based on your recommendation here. But I'll have to probably do it later, unless you find a picture of it. Tweet it to me at Solomonster because I can't find a freaking picture of this thing. All right, I definitely will. I'll look now. Thanks a lot and thanks for the call, brother. Oh no problem. Wow, it was really upset. I was really upset about that. I got to take a. I got to take a look at this. I won't do it now. We'll move on. But uh, wow, he was really upset. But you know what? I guess as a as a belt collector, you're you're particular about the way that things look. That fiend belt. I had completely forgotten that WWE was selling that belt for six thousand dollars. I thought it was seven thousand actually when it initially went on sale, but it was six thousand dollars. And that same belt now you can get it from WWE for like four hundred. I can't get over that. Wow. For a belt, by the way, that he held for what? How long did he even have that belt on TV for? Two matches before Goldberg beat him for it? I wonder if he's going to... Well, I guess... I was going to say, I wonder if he's going to bring it back now, but I forgot he's no longer the champion. He won the belt back last Sunday, and then he dropped it. He didn't even have enough time to bring the old belt back. 
That's how that's how short of a rain he had this time around. I don't think I could bring myself to spend that kind of money on that fiend belt. I don't think I could spend that kind of money on any belt. And I love belts. But uh I have my limits, seven seven three. Hey Solomonster, how you doing today? Oh, do you have any belts at home? I don't mean like belts to hold your pants up. I mean like championship belts. Do you, do you collect belts? Do you have any belts? No, I am not a collector. I only have toy ones for my kids. Uh, WWE uh, World Heavyweight Champion and the uh, the spinner belt. Oh, the spinner belt. Well, I guess it's for the yeah. kids. I'll, I'll let it slide. Yeah. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Anyway, this is Rob Bass from the chat. Hey, Wanted to give you a call to see how Rob you Bass. guys are doing. That is me. Yeah. Shout out to my essential jackass brothers and Food Hive. Uh, I was calling because uh, oh, obviously, you know, I've I got a plastic bottle here. Uh, I don't want to piss anybody off. Here, I'll, I'll put this over here. <laughs> Jeez. All right, go ahead. I was calling because uh, I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa, and uh, I was very happy to have her on uh, Dynamite today. I know there's no chance of her winning on Saturday, although I will be pulling for her uh, all the way through. Huge fan of Ricky Starks. Uh, I definitely want something with him and Darby after All Out. I was, I was actually hoping that they would have a match on All Out, but I could understand if they want to do a little bit of a slow build for them and maybe have something at the pay-per-view. But what do you think would be any possibility of you know, other talents from the NWA coming in, especially Nick Aldis? Um, I mean, yeah. now is the time to, to try to capitalize. Yeah, I, I mean, thinking, what do you think is it, uh, any possibility? Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've established that Tony Khan is willing to work together with Billy Corgan. Uh, Nick Aldis, I know, is uh, doing something with Mike Kanellis, I think. There's something, I saw some stuff on social media where uh, he may be defending the NWA title against him soon. So I think to get Nick Aldis in, yeah, he could bring the NWA belt with him. You'd have to have a specific program in mind. He's already worked with Cody. I don't know that I would kind of rehash that again. Uh, I don't know who he would match up well with if you were going to do a program, but, you know, he, he's not, unfortunately, he's not really defending his championship as much because of everything that's been going on, and he carries himself great. So I think him having a presence on Dynamite, if they could work something out, would be great. I, I would have uh, no problem having him on the show, and I think there's absolutely a possibility that that could happen. Yeah, I think that would be great, especially for the uh the AEW roster to just have someone who's so very well trained who just carries himself as a champion you know I, I absolutely he's one of the reasons why I love watching NWA power uh him and Ricky Starks of course but you know it's one of the things that hurts right now with COVID you know one of the big things that hurts with COVID is that All Out would have been in Chicago you know uh yes. this coming weekend and yes, I would have right. uh I would have been there <laughs> so so, uh, yeah, because I, I, I took my son with to uh, his first pay-per-view at uh, Revolution, you know, in February. In fact, that was the first day I called in, and uh, I was lucky enough to get on to, uh, you know, to, for you to take my call. I was very happy about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my son just, he's like, Dad, you know, uh, are you going to go to wrestling? It's like, well, we, we don't have too many options right now because, there's, you know, COVID's going That's on. Right. So, yeah, we're just watching. Yeah, he he's enjoying it. It was so funny because when he was five years old, you know, I was just kind of um, just looking through YouTube, just watching some old clips 
of WWE. And I was like, hey, you know, why don't you come over here and watch this with me? And he's nah, no, no thanks, Dad. I'm, I'm good. I was like, oh, okay, no big deal. You know, uh, you know, like I said, I was just watching old stuff because I don't, I don't watch new stuff anymore. And then uh, once uh, Dynamite started coming on TV, you know, I would be watching. And he goes, yeah, can I watch that with you? I thought you didn't like wrestling. He goes, oh, I, di- I didn't like the other stuff. I was like, well, okay, yeah, let's let's go ahead, let's watch it. He likes he likes the flippy stuff. He's he he doesn't care too much about storylines, but he's nine years old, so he he just he loves the the atmosphere that that uh you know AEW brought. And you know, I'm trying to get him into some of the old school wrestling guy like NWA and you know, like uh, NWA, AWA of, you know, yester decade. Um, and he's, he's, he, he has some interest in it, but, you know, he, he likes certain things. He doesn't, you know, like other things. Like his favorite wrestler right now is uh, Cody Rhodes. So I was trying to show him uh, matches of Dusty Rhodes, you know, his dad. And he's just like, oh, that doesn't look like, no. <laughs> I'm just, well, I was you, like, uh, you got would, a lot to learn. Uh, yeah, kid, I would, but, I would you imagine know. he looks at maybe a Dusty Rhodes and, I don't know. Dusty obviously had a very distinct look. So as compared to someone you would yeah. probably expect to see today on television in wrestling, I could see where he would look at him and go, this guy was a world champion, but he doesn't know what he missed out on. <laughs> no, he absolutely does not. And trying to, uh, you know, Rick Flair of old, especially, I mean, I, I, he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Uh, absolutely him and Bret Hart. And I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get him into some of these older characters. But, you know, when I was young, I liked the high flyers, you know, the rock and roll express and, and stuff like that too. So I understand he'll, he'll, he'll learn how to, how to like the ground base wrestling too, eventually. Thanks again, man. Uh, have a good night. All right. You too. Here it is, everybody. I believe this is the championship that he was referring to. This is the national wrestling Alliance. Women's World Championship. And in the middle of that title, that must have been the night that she, I think she beat Allison Kay for it. Is this not it? It's possible. Somebody in the chat said that's not it. But this is the belt that I think she won from Allison Kay. And I could see they have the jewels in it. I mean, maybe this isn't it. This doesn't necessarily look like a plastic belt. So my guess is maybe he's referring to a different one. I actually don't think this looks terrible. So I'm going to assume that maybe he's referring to something else, but I, I don't know. I'm looking at this right now, and I don't think this looks that bad. Food Hive, was that Captain Planet? <laughs> was that Captain Planet? I don't know, but there was a lot of hate for plastic there in that in that call. Everybody see the Robot Chicken segment? I used to watch Robot Chicken all the time, years ago. Years ago. I don't even know if they still make new episodes of Robot Chicken. But I really used to be into it. And they did a uh, a Captain Planet skit. It was like Ted Turner, because that was Captain Planet. That was his whole idea. And it was like Captain Planet was going around. He was like killing people off who were littering. And, and he, would, he would just yell like, Captain Planet! So when I read your super chat, I thought of uh, Captain Planet from Robot Chicken. And I almost busted it. I almost, almost busted a gut here on the stream. And uh, Six Williams just uh, verified. He said, no, the belt on TV was plastic. So there it is. That was not the belt on TV tonight. I will, uh, I will, I'm just going to wait when I'm done here. I'll go check it out. I got my YouTube TV so I could easily rewind. And uh, I will go back to the segment. I promise you. I want, I definitely want to, I want to take a look here and uh, see what that was about. Man, that, that Captain Planet thing got me. 
Let's go to 305. The 305, Mr. 305. How you doing, man? I listen to the show all the time, man. That's awesome. What's your name? My name is Johnny. Um, unfortunately, my uh, I just switched my to a new smart TV. So it's like, uh, you know, like I, I got to upload so I could like, you know, uh, sort of like, I guess, click on the website again and be a member. So I don't know. I just got a new smart TV, so I got to fix it up or whatever. You know, I'm like kind of illiterate when it comes to stuff like that. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) But anyway, I have a a question, Carla Monster. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, but I I have a question. I mean, we're both we both like minded. You know, we both, you know, around the same age. We, you know, we're both Bret Hart fans. You know, I I like Sting and Bret the same way. But, you know, when Sting turned crow, you know, he, he got a percentage over Bret for me. You know, when he turned crow, because I was always infatuated with the crow. But, you know, my question has to do with probably not, probably things we're not worried to covering tonight, but with Triple H. You know, do you put Triple H in your top 20 all time? Because for me, I just don't see the total body of work. You know, I just see that, you know, he... Top 20. You know, like from like 98... You know, like from like, you know, from like the Mankind stuff on, you know, in the rock in the, in the late 90s. And, you know, even when, you know, I, I, I just always see him as, you know, that guy that was behind Shawn Michaels, not the guy, you know. And I don't know. I just, for me, it's always been Shawn is the guy of that crew. You know, I can't put him up there with Austin, the rock, you know, you know, Stone Cold, Flair. You know, um, Sting, you know, a lot of a lot of different people. I just never seen him as the guy. What do you think? Yeah, I, I made a comment uh, a while ago, and I think Jim Cornette said something uh, like this as well. Maybe I heard it from Cornette first, but years ago on the podcast, I said uh, that Cornette had mentioned that Triple H was never really the guy so much as he was the guy who worked with the guy. And I always thought that's so true. There were periods in the 2000s where I'm talking like mid to late 2000s where you could say that he was yeah. he was the guy. Him maybe him and Undertaker were like the two big veterans that were there. But for the most part, I always looked at him the same way. He was the guy who worked really well with the guy, whether that was Austin, whether that was Shawn Michaels, whether it was him and The Rock. To answer your question, do I see Triple H, if I made a top 20, I'd have to think a little bit more about this, but if I made a top 20 of who I think my all-time favorites are, I don't think he would make the list. Maybe, And if he did make the list, I think it would be the bottom part. It would be closer to the bottom part of the list. But that's just my personal preference. Triple H is not a guy who I'm going to necessarily think to myself, oh, i got to seek out his, his matches. He was part of some matches, though, that... Uh, are favorites of mine, but again, it was working with other people who I probably would put higher than him on the list. Right, right. It just felt like, for me, personally, like, from, like, the time, you know, Austin, you remember the time Austin The Rock left and Brock was coming up, and it just really felt like he was forced down our throats for, like, 10 years in a row. Like, I mean, we wanted to see Van Damme. We wanted to see Booker T. We wanted to see new stars, you know, and, and he crushed them all. You know, he crushed Sting, you know, and, like, that bothered me. Like, he wasn't supposed to go over on Sting. They should have paid him, like, they should have paid Undertaker $5 million more million to fight Sting <laughs> at WrestleMania. Well, I don't know that that would have been like, a, a wise business move. 
But I, I, I mean, you know what I mean. I it just like that's yeah, what we wanted to see. That's what I, you know, like two thousand. I wanted to see Sting, you know, step up to the Undertaker or the Rock, you know, well, like look, during I, during the whole debate. I, I yeah. will, I will be fair to them in this way. I will be fair, and I'll be fair, and I'll take them to task. I'll be fair in this. In the one of the documentaries that they did for Sting, Sting. Uh, made the comment that he thought that could be his last match. And so he either was okay with or he wanted to lose because he felt that's what you do in your final match, you lose. And it just so happened that his opponent was Triple H, but that was something Sting wanted to do. That's the one hand. The other hand is the match never should have been made to begin with. So the opportunity that they had to do Undertaker and Sting was there in 2015 and I look at what they had Undertaker doing, and he had been gone for an entire year. I don't think he appeared on television a single time in the build-up to that match with Bray Wyatt until the night of Wrestle or the day, I guess, of WrestleMania. You could have done the match on that show, and if Sting felt that that was going to be it, I'm sure he would have had no issue losing to the Undertaker. So at least you get the match in. Would the match have been as good? Maybe not. I would think Sting would have had his working shoes on knowing it's his one and only WrestleMania match. I think those guys would have gone out there and they wouldn't have embarrassed themselves. And when they announced Triple H and Sting, I said, of all the matches that people had clamored to see Sting in, if he ever came to WWE, I don't know a single person who said to themselves, man, I I really hope Sting comes to WWE. I can't wait to see Sting against Triple H. (laughs) I don't know a single person who would have said that. It's, uh, Solomon said, I've been watching wrestling since, you know, since the NWA days, Dusty and Flair getting bloody when Steamboat rode, rode up the Macho Man, and I've been watching every every week, and, you know, i just never seen him as that guy. I mean, he's not even over, he's not over Steamboat, he's not over a lot of those guys, no. and Dusty and the Funks, and, you know, I just, I don't know, I just don't, I mean, he's good, he's really good, but he's just not, you know the king of kings like he portrays himself to be i just don't see it like i don't know i just never seen it i never seen a move i never seen i don't know just i don't know <laughs> maybe well, look, it's me well look maybe you, it's me when you marry into the family you could be the king of kings how about that <laughs> it makes sense then go. it makes sense that... <laughs> right. well thank you thank you for your time solid monster man i love your show thank you you got it no problem take care bro all right you too bye-bye We always forget. I try to be fair to Triple H and say, you know, if he didn't marry into the family, I still think he would have been a big star, but he married into the family. I mean, come on. You know, he's sitting in on production meetings and stuff. Come on. There's a reason why he was on top, like top, top for as long as he was. And it's not just talent. That's just the way it is. You can deny it all you want to, but you know it's true. Rob Bass. See, he calls in first, then he super chats again. Solomonster chats are... A highlight of the night, lots of phenomenal people here, and I look forward to seeing you all and chatting much love. See, Rob is spreading the love to all of you here in the chat tonight. Uh, We'll wind down here in a little bit. So again, if you have any uh, final Super Chats, get them on in now. We'll take a few calls. I cannot get to everybody. Let me just remind also people, hit that like button before you leave. Just hit that thumbs up. It does help the videos in terms of recommendations and stuff on the sidebar and whatnot. So please remember, hit that thumbs up button before you 
head on out of here. I would very much appreciate that. Let's go to 561. I know he's been waiting a while. Yes, goddamn man, hearing all about the plastic belts and, <laughs> and Triple H and all this, like, fuck, I'm trying to cry. I'm literally driving from Jacksonville going back home. I was at the show tonight. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, oh my God, we, have, some or something. we yeah. have somebody who was actually at the AEW show and he had to be subjected to all these non-AEW questions, I can only imagine. Well, now you're here. Now I'm glad I got you on. You could be like the main event of the evening here. My, my name is Salvador. Uh, I called before. I think I called you before talking about Brody Lee and how at the time I didn't see anything in him. I still don't because I just I don't like him. But I see the character development that they've done with him. Mm-hmm. So cool. But enough of that shit. I was at the show tonight. I don't know how it was. Y'all saw it on TV. But there at the arena, it was just, I mean, for, for what it was, because it was all social distance. It was actually a pretty fun show. Like the crowd, the crowd was there. You know, we cheered when we needed to cheer, boo when we needed to boo. We sang Jericho's song when he, when when Jericho we came heard that. out. Yeah, I heard that. You know what I mean? Um, the match between uh, Thunder Rosa, I'm Mexican, so I could be able to say it, and uh, Serena. That was a good match. The promo with uh, Omega and FTR and all of that was good. The reason why Sean Spears was out there, he didn't jump in to me since he's with Tully. We make you think, okay, he might be the dark horse because he's not doing anything. So, oh, we don't give a fuck about um, Sean Spears. What the hell has Sean Spears been doing with just wearing some whack-ass glove on his left hand? But yet, could be the dark horse. That's why he didn't jump in and fought everyone else like everyone else was doing in that damn brawl that was for so long. Yeah, so, I mean, on TV, I mean, on, on TV, it went on for way too long. They, they literally went to commercial, came back. They were all still fighting. And I said before, I said, what a bunch of dipshits because these guys are in a battle royal for a shot at the championship on, on Saturday and they're fighting over nothing here. So I just thought it went on for too long. I didn't, I didn't like that uh, yeah, part of the segment. I didn't get to hear Dr's commentary. I think you heard him say something about fuck. Okay. I get it. You know, these women are tough. And I, I don't know what the commentary was cause I was there live. So I, when I watch it tomorrow, I could be able to hear the commentary to see how it went. But all in all, the show was pretty good for what it was. Um, I was glad to be a part of it. I had to work off today. So I was able to go, but, um, and fuck, I had a question, but after hearing all of that shit, I'm like, I don't forgot what the question was. And I just figured I'd give you a live report on how everything was. I do believe that the two matches that are going to steal the show, and I believe you said them too, was um, the tag team match for the tag team titles. And for fucking sure, Shido versus Stone Rosa is going to be the match I think that's going to steal the show. It might be a lot better than the heavyweight championship match. It's going to be better than the tag team match between the Bucks and and, and, and Jurassic Express. I feel like that match has the potential of stealing the show because you got two good women wrestlers who know how to fucking work in the ring, and they're gonna and they both have that strong style. I feel like it's going to be a strong style match, you know, because they they're going to fucking give their best. And 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 uh, you know just show well, it's who the they biggest, are in the rings. Yeah, it's the biggest spot of of Thunder Rose's career. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's the biggest spot for her. I, I don't think she's ever had a more high profile match, champion against champion. It's a big opportunity Absolutely. for her. I think they're going to knock it out of the park. Just like I said before, that match and the tag I, team title match. Those are the two I'm looking forward to the most. Those are the two I think that could steal. The I don't show. give a shit if the title's plastic or not. The fact she's a fucking champion for the NWA. 
taking on the AEW champion is champion versus champion. Who gives a shit if the title fucking looks like rubies or it looks plastic like a fucking, I don't know, who cares? Uh-oh. You're going to have two good women, you're going to fucking have a wrestling match. Shit. And we're fighting words. <laughs> I mean, you can take it how you want to take it for all I care, shit. All I, said, all I know is the show was fun. I'm not going to be able to go Saturday, but um, I was able to go tonight, and the show was awesome. And uh, love your love your reviews. I always listen to them at work. I just happened to be able to listen to it tonight, you know, being off of work. And I'm like, I tried to get on yesterday. I couldn't get on. Tried to get on Sunday. I couldn't get on. But I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to get on today. <laughs> and sure enough, here I am. Oh, I'm glad you made it, man. Yeah, so it, it, it's, been all, it's been all jammed up, but I'm glad, especially tonight, being that you were there. I'm, I'm glad you made it through. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to be able to message you to let you know I was gonna be, you know, that I was gonna be there. But fuck it, you know, I'm glad I was able to get on to tell you that uh, I was there live to give a live report, and it was it was fun, you know. It was a fun show, especially for the fact that you know we haven't been to shows in such a long time. And the last show that I went to was AEW Bash at the Beach down in Miami back in January. So from January all the way now to September, you know, not being able to go to shows and stuff, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Yeah, the last shows I were um, at, the last shows that I were at were probably a week or two after yours. I was on the Jericho cruise, and they filmed uh, some some matches on the ship, which was a lot of fun. And they would have done the same thing this year, but yeah, or next year, but obviously that's uh, been delayed. But uh, yeah, that would have been the last time I saw live shows too. It's always it's always a fun time. It's always fun to be there live. Absolutely, man. Like, it, I mean, it's, it, it's fun to be there at the shows. It's good to watch them on TV every once in a while, but sometimes it's just good to be there to enjoy the moment, you know, rather to take pictures of, like, you know, of certain matches just to enjoy the moment itself. It's a wonderful experience, man, and I was able to enjoy that today, you know, and, you know, to take my mind away from uh, everything else, you know, that's going on in this world, to get away from all of that. I'm 32, I'm married, got kids, you know, and... I'm happily married. I don't know who don't want to get married, but that's their business. But anyways, yeah. thanks for taking my call. One final thought. Agree to disagree. Pineapples go on pizza. Have a good night. Ah, that's the that's the mic drop right there. He had a mic drop moment there. We will we will agree to disagree. I don't even I look I, I have fun with it because I haven't had pizza in years because I just I couldn't have the cheese anymore. So I think the last time I had a slice and I used to love pizza. Big C D I haven't had that stuff. God, the last time I had a slice of pizza. Last time I had a slice of pizza, it had to be at least 10 years. I don't think I've had pizza in 10 years. And all the people who are going to say, well, you can just pull the cheese off. I used to do that anyway. And it was still bad times for me. So <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm not taking that chance anymore. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Maybe it's residue from the cheese. I have no idea. But I've not been able to enjoy a good... And I live in New York, too. We got some fucking great pizza. Pizza and bagels, man. We got the best pizza here in New York. All the Chicago people now are going to get their feathers ruffled. I'm sorry, but the best pizza is in New York. And uh, to think I can't have it, it's very it's very depressing. Uh, Chris, Solomonster must feel like a uh, televised doctor sometimes with the calls. Super chats are the copays. That's a good way to look at it. Yes, yes. You have to pay your copay. All the international listeners there are wondering, what's that? What's a copay? They don't know how fucked things are here in this country. They're like, you have to pay? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. JC Zephyr with the five. Hey, Solomonster, stream was great and hilarious. Are you a fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Not really. I, I've, I think years ago I saw a few episodes, but it wasn't really my thing. 
one of the things I actually want to do when I used to years ago when I was younger when I used to watch Beavis and Butthead, uh, it would be I think they would have episodes at like eleven o'clock and eleven thirty back to back, and then at midnight, Eon Flux the the uh, cartoon Eon Flux would come on. And it, they put like a warning on it. It was like an adult oriented cartoon. But the animation I was never really into. I just thought it looked like shit. And I never had any interest in it. And I noticed somebody pointed out to me recently that you could watch the episodes. If you have whatever your TV subscription is, you go on the MTV site. And you can watch old episodes of the Eon Flux or Aeon Flux, however you say it, cartoon. I might give that a shot. I'm not really big into the animated stuff anymore but since that's more of like an adult oriented one that there's something on netflix called castlevania i've heard of the game castlevania all these things now i want to check them out and see how they are i have a whole list of things i have to catch up on lone wolf with the five bucks we all know that you would never work for the irish madman but would you work for aew if the opportunity presented itself hey i i'm open to whatever offer it doesn't mean i have to say yes they ain't coming calling, but uh, it depends. It depends what the opportunity was. It's not a definite no. It's not a definite yes. If it was appealing and I thought it was something fun, I'd consider it. But uh, I'm not expecting that. Dry chicken without flavor. Should AEW uh, allow Moxley to defend the IWGP US title on Dynamite or one of the New Japan America events? The belt needs justice well i don't see any reason for AEW to allow him to defend that on their show unless they form a working relationship with new japan otherwise i see no reason to acknowledge it at all on tv oz and glorious i was in new york in march and had lots of amazing vegan pizza hmm. you're just trying to rub it in now is that what you do rubbing salt in the wound Trying to make me feel bad. All right, let's uh, round things out here. Let's go to uh, Canada. I know he's been waiting for over two hours. Um, I have two questions. Uh, By yourself, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar versus Brian Cage? Huh. Um... Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley or Cage. I would say probably just for the fact that they both have the MMA experience, and so maybe it wouldn't just be a straight wrestling match. Uh, I might have a little more interest in in Lashley. And it's been talked about for so long. I mean, people... Yeah, it's like, do the friggin' match already. Now we find out Lesnar isn't even under contract anymore. So it's going to probably not happen. But I would probably go Lesnar-Lashley. Um, you know, AEW is bringing in a lot of managers for the wrestlers. Do you think they could benefit if they were to bring in Disco Inferno for as no. a manager for someone? No. no. Nope. Next question. Um, also, I just wanted to say, uh, I think you look like Mr. Kennedy. I've also been told I look like Chris Martin tonight. Somebody else, who, I forgot who said that. Somebody said I look like Chris Martin. I'll take that as a compliment. All right, so this has been, uh, oh, we got another super chat. Uh, C. Moonsault, my favorite wrestlers growing up when I was a kid, was The Shield. You were a kid. The Shield. Who were your favorites as a kid? My favorites as a kid. Uh, look, I was a Hulkamaniac. 
Brother, I was a Hulkamaniac as a kid, man. I sound like Macho Man. Macho Man was a favorite of mine. Demolition, favorite of mine. And uh, Bret Hart. That was a little bit later on, but Bret Hart was a favorite of mine. So there you go. Th- those those were probably my like biggest favorites right there. Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, Demolition, Bret Hart. That's a good group of talent right there. As far as this stream goes, I'm going to be right back here with you live on uh, YouTube on Saturday night. As soon as All Out goes off the air, however late it may be, join me here for my full All Out recap on YouTube. Sunday's episode 668 of The Sound Off. And then we have Super Tuesday, Part 2. NXT next Tuesday. AEW next Wednesday. Got a lot of streams coming up. So all of your Super Chats are very much appreciated because these uh, phone calls are not free. I host them. And with all the calls always being jammed up, it does cost money. So again, all of this is uh, very much appreciated, as is your support each and every week. Thank you to Turtlehead and uh, Lone Wolf and everybody, JC Zephyr, everybody in the chat. You guys are awesome. You guys make these streams a lot of fun. Without you, there is no me. There is no me live here on YouTube. So I will see you on Saturday night. Until then, be well, stay safe. Have yourselves a fantastic week. I'll see you Saturday.